Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dealership Fix-It podcast. I'm Brian. I'm your host. And today I am on episode number 21, if you're counting. Uh, today I've got a guy that I hunted down on LinkedIn. Michael Annable and I do not know each other except that I've uh, harassed him on the internet and asked him. Um, I've been watching his posts on LinkedIn. Um, his uh, The company that he's got listed as his current what he does um, is called ROI Detective, and man, that really piqued my interest. So I reached out to you. Mike, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> so I don't know how much uh, internet harassment you get of folks like me, but um, you know what I do day to day and how I try to serve my customers that are dealerships in the vertical that is power sports and RV. Mm-hmm. I try to always, you know, I mean, I sell a product to them and I want that to be a, a good solution for them. But it, if it isn't, I want to know that too. And I want them to uh, cut the cord on me if they need to and move on and do other better things with their money. But when, mm-hmm. it, you know, I got, I got like you, I've been following your post, you know, as you know, and uh, man, you just, you know, it looks like the majority of, you know, you don't, um, I don't think currently have, I think you said in the past, you had had some power sports uh, folks, but the ma- majority of your stuff in uh, is the vertical that's automotive. Uh, but I, I I see a lot of, uh, definitely there's obvious parallels and, and similarities in there. And I think I told you that some of my previous guests throw numbers around like, oh, automotive is so many years ahead of power sports, like 10 years, 25 years. And I'm not stating any of those things to be true. I think I know that they are there. They exist as far as uh, how tapped into uh, reality and how to measure return on their uh, advertising spends. These dealers mm-hmm. are. Um, but I'd love just, you know, if, if you want to kind of take a moment to say kind of who you are, where you've been, what you do. Um, and then I'd like to jump in and kind of go over some stuff with you. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'm in automotive kind of by accident because I was the original co-founder of a company called Showroom Logic, and I had sold my shares about four years ago. And it was mostly through referrals that I just kind of stayed in it. I do have other clients like insurance companies and attorneys, things like that. But automotive, I've just been doing it for so long. I'm 50 years old. Um, I've been working on the internet since 1994, so I've been around for pretty much the whole thing. And just by poking around, I've learned a lot over the years, and particularly measuring. um, You know, a lot of there's a lot of agencies out there that promise this attribution, which is the keyword you'll hear, and things. And at the end of the day, it's 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 practically impossible to measure any kind of digital attribution. Um, You can do your best to set up tags in your analytics and kind of study your audience. But at the end of the day, it really, most verticals, unless you're actually selling matchbox cars online and someone actually checks out with a credit card, now those people can be tracked. But in our industry, whether it's motorcycles, vehicles, most of the people will just show up at the dealership or the showroom. And if you don't ask them where where they came from, you'll, you'll never know. That's an interesting point for sure, because I, I find that that's the reality. I think how I operate, you know, when I'm a consumer, when I'm out to consume something, you know, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking about something valuable, I have to show up and go through a process for, 
But I think, um, yeah. I think a lot of, you know, at least my, my clients still are looking for silver bullet of, of, of course, or, you know, I know that's kind of a bad word because obviously it implies like that there's one solution, but the consumers just do so much homework now and they touch so many areas to, to get to their final sort of destination for the purchase that, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a layering of things, right? I guess it, it would be a good way to look at it, not just any one thing. Absolutely. And, you know, with motorcycles, that's a tough niche because you have a lot of kids who want motorcycles and you have a lot of people that want motorcycles, can't afford motorcycles. Um, you know, I, I loved motorcycles when I was a kid and I still do. I have a quad. Um, my driveway is a thousand feet long. I live in Massachusetts, so I have to have a quad with a plow on it to, you know, when it snows. And I'm the kind of guy, if it breaks, I like to try to fix it myself. And just last week, I was. I had a problem with my fuel pump and I was Googling, you know, really long tail searches and how to fix my problem. And I kept seeing a lot of ads come up for local, you know, motorcycle dealers. And I was like, Ooh, I kind of felt bad for them. Like, Ooh, it's not, you know, it's, I just saw it as a sloppy campaign. Um, one of the most important things that people have to understand when it comes to paid, paid search, especially is, Google is terrible at going to Google. If it, let's say I'm looking for a specific make, model, year motorcycle, and I start Googling it. I'm sure there's some vendors out there that'll, you know, bid on that keyword for you. But at the end of the day, Google isn't set up for, for that. No one's going to sit there and keep Googling year, make, model, then hitting a page and then hitting the back button. Eventually, they're going to end up on one of the portal sites, which applies to the car business as well. You have car gurus, cars.com, auto trader, and many others. And the, those are used car search engines or they're new car search engines. There's mm-hmm. portal sites that are, you know, motorcycle search engines. That's where the quality shoppers are going to be. And, you know, they all have their dashboards and their reporting and their phone calls, but even they can't act, actively track who shows up at you know, your showroom and buys from you or at least attempts to buy from you. Um, and, and again, people just don't understand that we're not anywhere close to being there yet. It's, um, that's, that's good to hear, you know, from a guy that's at such a high level of understanding on this process. Cause I, I continue to say things like drawing insights, you know, I think that's a relevant and realistic, a sort of terminology to say, you can kind of gauge it, looking at the analytics that we have on, on the portal that I have with my clients ends uh-huh. up being a conversation of gaining insights into what's going on. And obviously if they're in their searching and how many, you know, we call them ad detail, uh, views so that, you know, you got uh-huh. auto spaces, VDPs, right? So I don't know why uh-huh. we, we call it something different, <laughs> um, yep. but you know, we try to gauge the different, like how many impressions you get, how many, um, page views or, uh, ad detail page, uh, or ad detail views, uh, these different pieces of the equation and then things like, well, how many maps did you get? You know, how many, they're not all actionable, hard leads. You know, the things that everybody just ultimately, like, I just want that bottom line piece, but the greater picture of it all. And it sounds like that, you know, isn't just us in power sports, maybe being further behind. It's that, you know, it, you can ratchet it up even more so in the automotive or other spaces and it, it doesn't ever crystallize. It's still about maybe insights and, and drawing conclusions and making changes based on those. Oh, yes, correct. Absolutely. And, and another important thing is everyone has to understand Google 
particularly Google, uh, they have some really granular audiences. Like, for example, they do have a motorcycle audience and they have a, a, a general one and then they have a used one and a new one. So you got to remember all the properties Google owns besides search. They own Google Analytics. I mean, everyone has Google Analytics. They don't do that to be nice. It's free. They do it because they want our data. Yeah. Um, you have YouTube. Um, they own Waze and Google Maps. So they just know so much about us. And uh, what's important to note about analytics out of the box, it's based on paid views, not link, not clicks. So it can easily be gamed by you know various vendors where, oh, look what we did for you. Look at all the people that visited a you know, a motorcycle detail page. Well, uh, I can force anyone to view a page. So you have to kind of think how people click, not what they view. And that's where, you know, there's two other products really that go with analytics. One of them is Google Tag Manager. Um, that's where you can write your own tags and really study your traffic, push it back to analytics. And then Data Studio, which, you know, you mentioned the car business is ahead. They're definitely not. Uh, data Studio has been around for four or five years now, and you'll still see a lot of people talking about analytics, analytics. Mm-hmm. So the way it is now, you just use analytics to store your data that you collect. You're, you're using Tag Manager, you're pushing it to analytics. But with Data Studio, you can visualize it better and you can have formulas. Like, for example, a new user ratio. It's um, new users divided by users. So everyone's so bent and focused on remarketing these days. And you hear that term a lot, but you've got to get new visitors. You can't just keep, you know, paying for the same visitors that keep coming back to your site months in, months, months, because you don't know if they're going to buy. And there's no way really to get them out of that audience as well. So it's um, another factor with analytics is the geo. You know, Google ads will have a different geo mechanism that's more accurate as far as who's clicking your ads. But when you look at analytics, especially people that are on cell phone signals and not a Wi-Fi, you're bouncing off a cell phone signal. Sometimes many miles away, I live an hour south of Boston. If I put my, if I browse a website on my phone, they're going to think I'm where I am for my Wi-Fi. But if I shut my Wi-Fi off and visit the site, they think I'm in Boston because Mm -hmm. I'm bouncing off a Verizon cell phone tower in Boston and I'm, you know, an hour away. So, there's a lot of little things you can do to kind of study that traffic and make sure that, you know, that you're not wasting ad spend because it might look like you are when in reality you're not. Do you find that the, the trend, you know, the, of folks that you're interacting and consulting with is the trend to throw some money at what must be a great idea if it's got to do with Google and Google? Uh, I mean, I know that uh, the vast majority of dealers are either doing it, monitoring it, or... Um, or, or they want to do, you know, a whole bunch more with Google. But what really kind of has surprised me as I watch yourself and a couple of these other guys that I, I kind of watch what they're saying on LinkedIn to, to just to gain mm-hmm. insights from it, is I hear mm-hmm. them say there's a lot of waste going on over there. And I don't know the scale of what to them a lot of waste is, you know, if it's automotive uh, predominantly that I'm that I'm listening to these guys talk about this. But do you find is that the case? Do you, when you're working with somebody, do you end up saying, you need to be doing this uh, and fine tune this and it will actually, you, know, you can cut your spend and, and get better results. Is it a, is it generally that way? Yeah. I mean, everyone has a marketing budget. You just, you really shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I, I have a, a client in the Northwest that they have three rooftops 
And on just one rooftop alone, they were spending $18,000 a month on Google Ads. And I said, you know, that's way too much. And, and they're like, well, how much should we spend? I was like, what, eight maybe? And let's see where that goes because you eventually reach a pinnacle. You know, if you look at your, if you have Google Ads connected to your analytics, you can see right down to the keyword what people are searching for. There's a misconception that there's, you know, 20,000 keywords people look for. There isn't. If you look at the, you know, your historical data, you'll see that there's really only 30 or 40 really good keywords that, that bring you quality traffic. And, you know, those are really the keywords you submit on. But it, it's, they're, they're trying too hard. I mean, realistically, there's only X amount of people that are in the market to buy a car or a motorcycle or whatever your, your vertical is. And we got to stop thinking that millions of impressions, you know, we, we got to stop thinking like that because there's not millions of people that are going to show up and buy from you this month. <laughs> you know, there's a few hundred, a few thousand, you know, there's definitely opportunities out there, but you know, you just got to know your PMA if you have one, um, you know, again, depending on your niche and make sure you, that you, you're hitting that and never forget branding. Um, we're led to believe with digital that everything can be tracked. And again, it can't, you can track quality, but at the end of the day, it's advertising just like it was back in the seventies and eighties before the internet. You know, you do billboards, you do the back page of newspapers, TV, you know, it's branding really. You know, people aren't going to rush and, and see a TV commercial and rush down and buy buy a product from you, but the, but you'll be in their mind when they're ready to buy a product. It's it's great to hear you say that because I think that I've been doing what I do, you know, considered advertising sales, right? I've been a power sports guy for 20 years, but I've been doing this advertising gig, you know, for the last few. And what I found is since I came here, where dealers would be talking to me about, they wouldn't say the word branding. They would say, you know, I need I need to make sure our message is out that people know who we are. And then that way, obviously the recall is there when, when it's time for them to, to make the purchase. And I found it less and less of what, I don't know if it's just gotten more uh, kind of scattered in what they feel like they need to be, to be in the mind of a consumer. But that's kind of the Delta that I end up sitting and talking about a lot is, Hey, so you're a client of mine, you pay me money. Here's what you're doing wonderfully. Here's the area, having known you and your business and what you are and how you're different, here's the area I think you're missing. And it ends up being, I think, really just a branding conversation that I'm having with them a lot. And I don't think that they, a lot of times they're like, oh, okay, yeah, if you think that that should be in our story, oh, and yeah, and you think I should do a video commercial walking through the dealership and have it introduce some people and why we're different. Um, and, you know, how many years we've been doing it and how many generations we've been doing it. I, I find that that's still a conversation. So I guess the shift maybe is, is that they they are they're undervaluing that, right? I guess is what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, and you know the the my favorite way to measure success for all advertising and and the easiest is it's called Google Search Console. It used to be called Webmaster Tools. It's something that your website provider really should set up for you. If if not, ask them because the data is very valuable. Depending on how far back you can go, but what I like to do is look at brand searches because let's face it well over 90% of internet users use Google as, as a search mm -hmm. so when they're Googling your brand whatever reason they're doing it for you know they could have started a TV commercial they could drive by you every day whatever but if you look at just the impressions in that that's the ultimate thing to look at and you look at it over the past couple of years if you have the data and you can see you know when it spikes up when it spikes down 
it'll give you a good overall idea of how strong your brain is because it's, that's really what's most important and it's very measurable. You can't, you can't tie an impression or a click from search console to your analytics because Google just won't tell us that stuff, but it's just good to know. What's the name of it again? I'm, I think I heard you. Back uh, search, Google search console. Google search console. Okay. And is that a paid product or? No, it's free. Okay. Everything that I do is, is all the free products. Okay. So I basically, instead of, you know, paying a monthly fee, usually what I do is I just set up and say, here you go. It's yours. Uh, I believe in transparency. Right. Um, if you get them involved in the setup process, they'll understand it. If you, if you just, you know, give them another dashboard, they have 50 of them already to look at and they'll never look at it and they won't understand it. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's ends up being the cross that I bear as well with the part I do, obviously on the third party classifieds is the general roll up of kind of where I fit into power sports, you know, and as an advertiser, that's what they could, they, they say, Oh, you sell banner ads. Well, it's not what we do or third party classified. And we have all these other things that we do, but I think we end up being a, a trader at cycle trader and the other trader products is we end up being a really strong search engine. Like I say, with kind of, as you'd mentioned within our own uh, space, um, and absolutely it's uh, i mean it, it's it, that's what people do i mean if i'm looking for a particular motorcycle i'm not going to keep googling you know <laughs> and then have to navigate through someone's website like i want to see all right oh cool a portal you know this you can set your radius whatever you know closest to me all that stuff and you know that that's where people go i mean and if you see the overflow traffic i another thing i remind my car dealers is you know if they're doing the portal sites like car gurus and auto trader and cars.com, you'll see the overall traffic it will be listed as like Kaguru slash referral. Well, these are people that are so interested in the vehicle they saw on the portal site that they found a link to the dealer website. And if you look at the quality of that traffic, it, it, it beats everything because it's almost like they vetted the visitor. So those are people like those are primary people to we, we market to. You know, you can build an audience, say, you know, anyone who clicks my site from Cycle Trader. Okay. Or any other portal that's out there. Okay. You know, put them in an audience and you can serve them at, uh, you know, through display network. Yep. Just so as long as you have a hundred people, you can, you can do that. It's very inexpensive to do it yourself. It's not that hard either. And so is that, is it a logical assumption then that as that audience, you know, I think being vetted or, or being not just an oops click or a, Oh, what's the motorcycle look like nowadays? I haven't touched a motorcycle and I don't want to, but I'm curious, you know, that person versus person versus the one that clicks through to someone from like a cycle trader or somewhere where they, that's, you know, the, the core audience is, you know, likely intenders to buy that are in the market to buy. Um, is that what, do they end up having, I've been told, at least on our portal, we have a very long session time, like the mm -hmm. amount of time somebody spends on site that connection is it reasonable to to assume that that's you know an elevated level of quality versus uh i i get a lot of volume but no one really sticks is that an yeah. indicator of okay i mean it, it's definitely something to look at there's, there's several ways to look at every piece of data you think about and it's like you mentioned time, time on site now what happens a lot is like let's say i'm on my computer right now on a website for some reason and my phone rings well what happens i i take the call and then maybe the call will be 15 minutes long and then I'll go back to the site. I'll click again. So, you know, it, it, you just have to be careful how you look at time. But okay. if you see zero time on site, then obviously, or, or very close to that, then that's obviously a bad visitor. Okay. So somebody goes and dies on site. 
<laughs> they, yeah, go there, exactly. they go there and die there. It's like, well, they, their intention may, <laughs> may have been high, but it may have also been that just a, a, happened to be a, a click. And then they, like you say, they went on to do something else and you're left in a window. On a, on a, yeah. You know, and another, um, uh, what, probably one of my most annoying metrics that people talk about is bounce rate. Um, a lot of vendors hey, these days will can spend... I stop you right there for a sec? Sure. Okay. I want to take a quick break. We re- we'll be right back. Sure. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 21 of the Dealership Fix-It podcast. I'm on with Michael Annable and we were talking, we we're talking a lot of things, Google Analytics, so on and so forth, Tag Manager, Data Studio. Um, but the part uh, before break we were talking about had to do with bounce rate. And I wanted to take that and make that a good break session because I know that that comes up a lot. Um, but please carry on with uh, with what you're talking about with bounce rate. Yeah, sure. So the, another important thing to understand, and this pertains to a lot of product you know, product websites, you know, car dealers, um, motorcycles, even, you know, widgets. If you look at the actual product detail page, or we call them the car business BDPs, vehicle detail pages, a lot of the clickable elements are not can't be measured out of Boston Analytics. So if let's say I land on, you know, a, a, a new car page or a Mustang, let's just say, mm-hmm. and I start looking at all the photographs and I maybe even live chat. Um, there's a lot of little elements in the middle of the page. You can click, you can click view vehicle sticker. If I don't click another link on that site, I'm about in zero time on site. So it, it's very important to understand that because a lot of people still use that term bounce rate and I avoid it. And matter of fact, when I build my report, I don't even show it on there because there's, there's, it's too distracting. So I guess I'd have to ask why, you know, it's, it's always been something that I think, you know, I'm, I, you're the expert, I'm not the expert, but I've sat with dealers who are trying to figure out more about it and they'll be in Google Analytics and they'll talk about bounce rate. It seems like it's still yeah. a pretty prominent position, at least in Google's eyes. So why, why did they deem that so appropriate or is it just that then the sort of verticals we're talking about it's not as relevant for certain reasons like why, why do they still make it sound like it's still so important it sounds to me like it's very very um it'd be easy to misconstrue what what's going on yeah yeah absolutely um and i think the problem is you know analytics what we see you'll see the little betas all the time on the left but you know the the core of it probably is never going to change and I don't think that's something they'll ever take away because they're like, hey, why'd you take away bounce rate? You know, it's really up to the professionals to to, to know, and, and they do. Um, okay. It's just that a lot of people, you know, you get trained with these seminars you go to and things like that, and you always got to wonder, you know, when I hear people speak, it's, they, you know, it's usually a really good salesperson who, who believes in what they have, but they don't know, uh, like, they think it works and it doesn't. I'm not saying it all doesn't work, but and so you have to kind of be careful on who you listen to and, you know, do your own research on the forums. You know, I spend, you know, pretty much everything I do, I've just learned from the forums. I don't mean like automotive space forums. I just mean forums like Reddit and Google has their own product forums for every page. Um, you know, I'm really, my thing is analytics, Google Tag Manager and Google Data Studio. That's, those are my three favorite three properties that Google has. And, you know, if I can learn it, anyone can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just be prepared uh, to invest a lot of time, right? <laughs> it's a, it seems like it's a, it's a deep yeah. hole that you'll drop into to try to learn, right? Yeah. And if you want to, then you'll learn. If you don't, then you're not going to want to learn. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it takes time. So did, um, 
So in regards to, and I'm not going to belabor bounce rate, but I think I didn't, I don't think I asked you the question and follow up to it. And so if, if somebody clicks from, um, you know, let's say they're on cycle trader or auto trader, wherever they are, they click from one of the third party classifieds direct through from, let's say VDP to VDP or add detail page to add detail page, however you phrase it. If they click from one to the other, um, and they don't make another click beyond that, it's considered they've bounced. Like they, that would never really Correct. come up. Okay. And it takes Correct. how many, one, one more click or further to, to have them really stick and become a, um, yes, I, I, unless you write tags for it and tag manager. So out of the box, okay. it, it, it's only measuring page views. So I have to, when I land on whatever page I land on, I have to click another link that goes to another page. Okay. And if I don't, I'm about and I'm zero time on site, even if I spent 30 minutes on the page. Okay. Um, so you just got to be careful with the, with the time as well. Okay. So so to the, the marriage of sorts that is the click-through is not consummated, right, until, until you've carried them across the threshold, which is clicking out of that ad detail page you dropped into and to something else within there, right? That's the... Exactly. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I, it's funny because I've heard stuff like that before. But I, I'm I'm certain that because I wasn't positive exactly what would be measured, I'm sure that a lot of my dealers aren't as well. Mm-hmm. What um yes. what do you so you know what do you think is the expectation of if you you know if, like for me my dealerships and that I deal with in power sports are various sizes right but I think the ones that um, you know if I were to average um, I don't know I mean they got ten people working at a dealership. You know, and, and generally most places don't have uh, one, any one person that could really own this and have it be their full time is learning mm-hmm. this, you know, a side project that they'll make measurable results if they're doing it a couple hours a week over time. Or is it something that you're like, no, they really got to invest, you know, a year well, of their life. To- I mean, yeah, they just have to, they just have to understand it. And someone really, instead of learning, someone has to build it for them. You know, one time thing, don't pay a monthly fee for anything. Just you know, pay someone who wants to set you up so that you understand it. Okay. And because they're all free products, you just, you use them. And once you understand them, it, it, it's the aha moment where you realize, ah, um, you know, now I can very easily look at whatever I want to, whether it's a vendor or a source, uh, and look for, always look for new opportunities as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good info. Um, um, I mean, what else do you think? Is there other stuff that guys are missing at, at dealership level? Because, like, you know, this thing's called dealership fix. It. I my intention is the majority of the folks I'm talking to is from my experience in power sports. But I have guys call me all the time and say, "Hey, I work at a car dealership, and this was a good thing for us to listen to, or RV, or whatever." All these different places that may or may not be what I do. But is there anything in general that you would throw out to those to those guys that you know? Here's the change I would make if I were you, and here's you know probably what you're not doing. Here's what you should. Yeah, well, first of all, just to touch on that, uh, any anyone who who has the title of being digital director or whatever it would be, uh, if you're you know employed at a car dealership or really anywhere else, that that's those are the people who really should learn tag manager and data studio and analytics because it, just for their own careers, uh, what what happens is you know dealers are only going to pay someone so much for that position, right. so they're probably not going to get someone that absolutely qualified for it because if they were they'd be somewhere else making two three times the money right you know this is you get good at this kind of stuff it's easy six-figure income 
for, for anyone who, who understands and good at it. So just for their own careers, I think that would be beneficial. And besides that, you know, if, if uh, a lot of vendors are using automation and the, the, the whole concept behind the automation is, all right, we're going to use automation and we're going to replace the humans. That's what the investors believed in. And they learned that that's just not the case. Uh, it, you get what you pay for. So, you know, if there's some companies out there that'll, you know, charge you $500 a month or $800 a month to man- manage, it, it's, I wouldn't do it for $500 a month. Like, it, there's too much work in it. I don't believe in automation. Google's already automated enough um, where you don't need your own automation. Okay. And these companies that say they had this automation, you know, Google would have, if it was that good, Google would have bought them a long time ago and used it, <laughs> the automation. So that's kind of a, a telltale sign there. I guess that's, yeah, that's uh, automation's like a four letter word, you know, over here and with what I do. I, I, I notice that if a, if I visit a, a client and I sit down with them and it's once a month, let's call it, I'm sitting with them and Hey, uh, what's, you know, what's happening? They're like, what are you, what are you seeing? And I'm like, well, let's log in and take a look at your dashboard, you know, your dealer center mm-hmm. is what we call it. Let's log mm-hmm. in and take a look at it. And, and they'll literally will say, and this is a guy that I, that I may have met with for four years, right? And he'll go to open yeah. it up and he'll go to the wrong spot on the login. And I'm like, you haven't been in there <laughs> since the last time I was in, have you? Right. So it's, it's automation, right? Of course, we, they're not building the units on my site. So they're not there. It's fed mm-hmm. from their website. So it's easy button automation. But I also find that, you know, that means you've, I've got dealers that, that pay me good money for extra things that they may not have selected like premium or featured ads or something like that. And they, you know, so I always joke and say, man, automation, that, I won't say it's a kiss of death, but it's a four letter word. It means, you know, you're, you're, you're probably, you're falling back on, you know, some sort of standardized automation that you could do a better job then, or what units get selected for your premium ads. We have uh, yeah. automation that it runs an algorithm and picks some for you, but I guarantee it's not your hot list. I guarantee it's not your aged units, the, the most aged on your list, you know? So yeah. Automation. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, another cool feature on analytics that too many people don't really look at is the in-market audiences. I was I talked a little early about it, like for motorcycles, there's the new and the used, and then there's the overall motorcycle one. Uh, but you can also see other demographics like the income categories, the age groups. And again, remember, Google owns so many properties, they know a lot about us. Even, for example, if you look at just Yahoo and Bing organic visitors, let's assume they don't use Google search because they came in off of that. You look at their uh, demographics on analytics, you'd be surprised that Google knows about both 20, 25% of them. They know how old they are. They know if they're male or female. So that, that's a whole other thing is, you know, if you start paying attention to that and who's bringing you, you, you know, what's the definition of a, uh, of a, how can I explain this? A Lincoln dealer, for example, how many 20 something year olds want a Lincoln? You know, that's for some reason, it's usually the older people that buy Lincolns. Mm-hmm. So that's what you would take advantage of that data. And you could serve ads to people and, and down to the age group and the gender as well in Google ads. Okay. Yeah, it gets, it gets, um, it's funny when I start talking to dealers that haven't really done a whole lot other than having somebody like us flipped on and, you know, they might be spending some money somewhere else advertising. But as we start talking this way, a lot of them get creeped out because they haven't really had to think about it, but they know that, you know, their phone seems to be listening to them somehow. I, I thought about something and I think I said it to my wife and next thing I know an ad popped up for it and I know I never searched it. 
right? Yes, I've been hearing a lot of that lately. <laughs> and, and it's funny because it's like, I don't know that we're all tapped into some sort of uh, vast consciousness where we all are thinking the same thing or it just is occurring enough where, you know, I, I probably a year or more ago, I remember talking to somebody and I, and I was making up nonsense things. I was like, let's just talk near our phones about these nonsense things. And I didn't have it happen to me, right? But it was like, mm-hmm. whatever, eating, you know, kangaroo sandwiches or something. It was something stupid that... I, I figure, well, let's see. It'll be obvious if I get it, an ad served for me, but I don't know that the kangaroo sandwich company is maybe paying mm-hmm. for the ad or whatever, bud. Well, yeah, with, there's two things. When you see those ads falling around, there's two things you'll notice. It'll it'll never be an iPhone uh, unless you're using the Chrome browser. And it'll, it won't be a Mac, and it won't be as a Safari browser. Um, you know, Apple's really into their privacy. That's why I use Mac. Um but Chrome on a desk on a PC, uh-huh. that's it's just wide open. I mean, you're, you're you have people using third party cookies, sharing your data. It's just crazy. But the Mac is the hardest to, to break when it comes to any kind of custom audiences or remarketing um, or anything like that. Apple is very adamant on not letting that happen to their customers. Well, that makes me sad, but it's I, I get that it's true because I'm on a Android phone. <laughs> I With do have Google on. Uh huh. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If so, you're using Chrome, then then that's a double whammy. <laughs> well, extra worse is bad. It's funny because I joke and say how oh well, I'm not going to complain. It makes my life easy. I get. I'm a. I mean, I'm a privacy guy. I, you know, I think that people are entitled to their privacy. And I think we've yeah, let that bar, too. everything slip, you know, to a certain degree for like, oh, it's convenient, it's convenience. Well, I drive around and, I, you know, I might run around and see a bunch of clients in, in a given metropolitan area, hammer out a whole day full. And then I might go home and I didn't quite log them into my CRM fast enough, right? And then the next morning I get up and I'm like, huh, I can't remember. I remember most of them, but did I remember any of them? I'll jump into Google Maps. <laughs> I'll go to my timeline. I'll look at yesterday and it tells me everything I did, you know? And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. scary, but certainly convenient. You know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I guess I live on the either side of that sword where I, I don't want it. And then I use it for my convenience and I'm obviously willing to give it up. So I, I guess, yeah. does that mean I should, uh, we should recommend, I should recommend to my clients, hey, if, if you, and not that you're selling computers, we're selling motorcycles, you know, but mm-hmm. you yourself should use an Apple and a Mac product, but you should make sure none of your customers ever consider doing it. You want to be able to serve them ads and know what? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, that that's. I don't think they can afford. I mean, you know, that would be expensive to go on Mac. But you know, there's, there's a lot of plugins people using out there, extensions like Ghostery, you know, ad blockers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are becoming a lot more popular nowadays, and you know, it, it'll it'll block any kind of tracking that a dealer or anyone else really is going to do to you. And it's pretty interesting if you play around with it. It's a free Chrome extension. It's called Ghostery. And if you visit a website, you'll see how many tracking scripts that each website has installed. And it's pretty scary. I've seen some car dealers with over 30 of them. And it, they just, over time, they were installed by various vendors and they were never taken off. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you got to check that and make sure that because one of these, it's, it's sooner or later, someone's going to get embarrassed by having all these tracking scripts. When, when users, when people start understanding what these are, um, they're not going to like it. You're, you're basically sharing your customers' data with these other companies, and they're doing whatever they want with them. So, Well, isn't it even like I know Google has their 
private browsing or whatever it is. And I'd heard a long time ago that it's not all that private. <laughs> it, it, well, it tells you it is, but I, I, is that why other things like, like you're saying exist because it's really not as private? Yeah. And, and Google, everything. The, the thing is people, I know people don't trust Google, but I actually do because everything, every product that you use, whether it's analytics, tag manager, data studio, you have to accept their terms. And basically the terms are, it's called Pi. Don't attempt to identify users. It's that simple. Um, we, they already have this user identified as, as under their user ID. So that's as far as we're going to get. We know this user ID is in this audience and they're doing this, they're doing that. But as long as we don't attempt to identify who that person is, then everything's good. So that's why, again, a lot of people kind of talk bad about Google because probably because they did some lousy marketing and didn't get a return on it in the past. But I have a lot of respect for them because what they do, I think, is just very brilliant. So there, in other words, I guess is what you're saying that Google is as part of the agreement that you you enter into to do that or, or use any of that stuff is essentially there's, you know, I don't know, firewall isn't the right word, but essentially they've got a barrier at which they're, you know, they, they can, they can or will, or obviously they're going to house all that information, but they don't want it to go to the exactly, level. Exactly. Cause that's their, that, that's how they make their money. I mean, they make, sure. I, I forget it's like. $10 million an hour or something or, or some crazy number in, in ads. So remember, they give us all this free, cool stuff. Google search is free, you know, analytics, everything. It's all free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy premium YouTube if you want for 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, they're making their money off ads, not this, this free stuff they give us. Mm-hmm. So you just have to, you just have to do it right. You just have to. You yeah. just have to, as they say, you you become the product, right? As long as you know that's the standard, kind of where we've we've gone into. And I don't, I don't in general see it as a negative thing. But even a few years, something will happen, and I'll think it's the worst decision I made, right? I don't know if it doesn't feel like one today. Other than it feels a little creepy sometimes to know that it's listening. And we even have a Google Home in the kitchen, and the kids were sitting there, and the kids will you know ask it to play some music, or they'll ask it a question about why is the sky blue, or what dinosaur is this, you know. So there's just so much of that going on, and I don't know if I should be creeped out, but I'm not. <laughs> well, you know what? What a lot of people don't understand uh, is Facebook. Now, I'm not really a fan of Facebook for a few reasons. Number one, a lot of younger people don't use them anymore, and a lot of older people, especially men, don't use Facebook. Um, but, you know, any company that has that, just about every website has the, the page like buttons on their on their own website, like this page or share this page. The reason Facebook does that is that's how they get in your data. So Facebook, I would probably know more about their users than Google does mm. because of that. So yeah. I, I would I would recommend it. No one uses those share and Facebook buttons on your website. Mm-hmm. I honestly would take them off. Just get them removed because well, why why do you want to give your – you're giving your business away to Facebook. And they know exactly who it is by name. That's the scary part. Well, and so, I think wasn't it them that's continued to have some goofy privacy issues with yeah, yeah. <laughs> as of as of late. I mean, I don't know that it ever started or will stop. But yeah. it seemed like they continually have something in the news that they try to brush under the rug. They don't put it they yep. don't put it on the Facebook timeline feed, but you see it elsewhere, right? Yeah, but you know, as a business though, I was I have a lot of respect for them. Um, you know, it he uh, Zuckerberg got it just like you know, the two Google founders got it. You know, that that's why they got in the game because they understood like how how valuable this really is. Mm-hmm. 
So it's just amazing. I just, I have, I really have respect for both companies, mm-hmm. but I just think Facebook's a little on the evil side. <laughs> <laughs> well, all. that's okay. Cause I follow you on LinkedIn, so I don't have to follow yeah. you on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, in exactly. fact, it's maybe cause I'm 45 years old, right? I'm, maybe I'm, I'm not doing so much on Facebook, even though I'm there and I end up sharing pictures of my kids, which is probably the worst thing I can do with my family. But uh, I end up spending a lot yeah. more time on LinkedIn for the sort of, you know, insights like, you know, the things that you post and the insights I can gain from that. And you, you know. just dodge all the people that are trying to sell you stuff. Yes, on <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> probably not me as bad as what you probably get, but, but. Oh God. And thankful, I, I, thankfully you say yes to guys like me that you don't know that come to you out of the blue. Right. But. Well, I, I mean, it's just, you don't, you don't connect with someone on Facebook and then send them a, I mean, on, on LinkedIn and send them a message right away and say, Hey, it's a super awesome product, <laughs> you know? You just don't do that. That's all LinkedIn's for. Mm-hmm. That's the new uh, the new dinner time phone call, right? Uh, by the telemarketer. Right, exactly. Oh, exactly. It. Yeah. Oh shoot. Well, uh, I won't keep you longer unless unless there's anything else you feel like that is it, we really we, we should really get out, you know, to the group. Of well, there's, there's probably a million more topics we sure. can discuss, but okay. I think that that's a good start. Okay. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> As I get feedback from you know the folks that do listen and, and over time that'll listen to it, uh, if if I get, I'll, I'll I'll ping you and maybe we can go off on a, a little bit more of a focused dive if there's more to get into or and I'll also if you want I'll I'll you know list your uh, LinkedIn uh, profile um, on on the uh, you know podcast notes that way if somebody wants to Great. direct connect with you and see what sort of services you can provide or in insights or advice or whatever. Absolutely. Well, cool. Mike, thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for the invite. And I, it was nice talking to you. I appreciate your time. <laughs> thanks. We'll talk soon. Right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to that uh, session, uh, episode number 21 with with Mike Annable. Um, this is the sort, of, uh, the sort of stuff that I really love to think about and kind of dig in on. I, there's just so much unknown in my brain about all this. And I know there's folks out there that have a, a better grasp on it. So again, that's why I reach out and I've got several people I've reached out to through, uh, through the time that I started doing the podcast about similar topics to this. Um, Mike was just uh, good enough to take some of his time away from uh, what he does full time and, and chat with me about it. So I appreciate, uh, any shares of this with anybody you know that can get some value out of it. Um, I'm trying to make sure that my dealer network that I work with, uh, anybody that's a dealership, essentially, you know, again, the, the focus being power sports, uh, RV. Uh, but if there's other dealerships or other businesses that you think will get something out of this, please share this episode with uh, those folks you know. The whole thing, we, we exist. I got a new kind of a tagline jingle here, and, and I put out that uh, dealership fix it exists to help power sports dealers tap into high-performance ideas. Um, and I kind of like that. I don't know, may stick, may not stick, but I think that that's at the core of it. I'm just trying to make sure people are connected with the ideas that, uh, that they don't know that can help them, uh, throttle up. So, uh, please share this uh, again. Um, if you listen on a, a podcast app or a sort of a place where you can give me uh, feedback or a review or X number stars out of X number stars, I'd appreciate it. Obviously the better, the better. <laughs> for me. Uh, but I think that the, the way that they've got them set up, that'll help people to, uh, find me, you know, the, the appropriate relevant people that would want to listen to this that are in the business. Uh, but you can also email me at uh, dealershipfixit at gmail.com. And until next time, go out and be the fix it. Thanks for listening.